Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, uh, for the date October 16th, 2022. My name is Melvin Gaines. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope that you are uh, having a blessed weekend, and I pray, Lord, that, that the Lord will indeed speak to you uh, through the words that are being spoken here, not my words, but uh, his words indeed. Uh, the Spirit must lead in all discussion when it comes to uh, proclaiming his good news, and that is exactly what this message is about today and about how you indeed can be one of those individuals that uh, proclaims the good news of the, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ to others. With that in mind, let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Father, we are so thankful for your loving kindness and your presence. We pray, Lord, that we have the desire to more and more seek after you as we go through life, go through the challenges, go through uh, in the encounters with obstacles. Lord, we pray that the first thing that comes to mind is your very presence and the fact that you indeed care about us and love us and that we are the ones that need to do a better job of looking to you and loving you. Help us in this endeavor, Lord, as we go forward. We give you thanks and we give you the praise and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. A number of years ago, I took a Greyhound bus from Cleveland to Cincinnati, Ohio. I lived in the Cincinnati area for about a year at that time for work. I was in my 20s and I had a car that was in need of repair, but I wanted to go home for a holiday weekend, so I took the bus to Cleveland and then made the return trip. Upon my return, I discovered that the closest bus stop to where I lived in Springdale, a northern suburb of Cincinnati, was in Sharonville just off of Route 42 near I-71. Sharonville is 10 miles away from Springdale. I didn't know that many people in the area who I could call to get a ride home. And if I did, I would have had to have used a payphone. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't want to take a taxi. Therefore, I wound up walking 10 miles, one hour and 30 minutes to get to my apartment. That was by far the longest walk I have ever experienced. I knew where I had to go as I was pretty good with directions, but if you're not used to walking a long distance, you're going to feel it later. And I did, uh, but I finally made it home. When you're walking for an hour and a half alone, you've got a lot of time to yourself. And it comes to mind that that's exactly what Jesus and his disciples did. They spent a lot of time walking and getting where they had to go. Of course, you're on a journey for a specific destination, and even when you know where you're going, you're still likely to encounter opportunities and obstacles along the way. Today, if you're able, let's go on a journey together. It will not be a physical walk of any length. It is a spiritual journey. The journey is about following a path to a greater love for Jesus Christ. Every Sunday, our desire and our prayer is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to those who don't know who he is and to reinforce the goodness of Jesus to those who do. This is our journey. It's your personal journey of faith and trust in Jesus and our church and every Bible teaching church all over the world 
is part of that journey. I'm sharing this with you because my path, as I learn more about my call of service for Jesus, involves some scripture memorization and topical relevance to those scriptures. Of course, it starts with a regular practice of reading the Bible each day, but memorization requires a little more effort, of course. I'm a lifetime student of the Bible. As you learn more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to find that you, too, will also be a lifetime Bible student. It would be that if you didn't stay in the Word, you would feel as though you were missing out. You do it because you want to do it. It's because you love to do it. You love Jesus and want more and more of Him in your life. May your love for Jesus develop to a place where not reading and studying his word will urge you to make the time for him and the guiding presence of the Holy Spirit. You will love the Lord more and more, and you will be eager to learn more about him as you go. You're going to want to know more than what you knew about him, say, three, three months ago, six months ago, a year ago. You want to grow. You'll be a lifetime student of the Bible with the power and indwelling Holy Spirit as your teacher. Today, we're going to look at how God shows us that his word is authentic and true. And that's an issue of credibility when we undertake the study of God and why your faith and trust in Jesus is meaningful and fulfilling. We want to believe the word because the word is true. Our study today is going to be on the word of God. The Word of God is a good place to start on our journey because it sets the foundation for our walk of faith in Jesus. It goes directly to who Jesus is. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 1. Let's look at John 1, verses 1 through 5. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Now, I'm going to be reading this passage from the New Living Translation. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Please follow along. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. If you look at verse 4 here, the phrase, giving life to everything that was created, refers to how nothing that was created was created except through Him, and that includes all of us here. We are all part of his creation. The word gave life to everything. This word that John is referring to here is none other than Jesus Christ, the eternal word. When we speak of eternity, he has always existed. There are three areas of focus that we're going to explore pertaining to the word of God. Inspiration, inerrancy, 
and illumination. And as we go through those three subjects, they will be self-explanatory as we look at the verses that involve them. Some of these points are going to be highly applicable to our recently completed 25-week study in Sunday School on biblical inerrancy. So let's take a look at inspiration. And what is inspiration? Plain and simple, the words of Scripture are God-breathed and God's Spirit carried along human authors to write down what God wanted to reveal to us. That's what the inspiration is all about. Let's look at a Bible verse. We're going to look at one Bible verse that represents this view in four different Bible versions. Now, you'll see my point to this when I go. So let's start with the first version, 2 Timothy 3.16. Now, if you have an NIV Bible, you can follow along in yours. I'm going to be giving you four different versions, and I don't expect you to be flipping back and forth to different versions. We Just take my word for it after I read these next, uh, this first verse and then the other three after that. But let's start with the NIV version of 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Got that? All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now I'm going to read the ESV version, same verse. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The CSB, Christian Standard Bible Version. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. And finally, the New Living Translation. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You see the differences here. I'm showing you four different versions of this popular verse to point out when looking at memorization of scripture, in my opinion, you are best uh, serve to settle on one version as you go through your studies. I learned that lesson as I moved along and found that encountering just a few small word changes from version to version can slow down your progress. Now, there's no right or, way, right or wrong way to memorize scripture. There's no right or wrong way to do it. But if you're going to do it consistently and effectively, you should pick one Bible version and stick to it. The best method of memorization is to continue to study the verse and keep it at the forefront where it will eventually stick. It's also a good plan to ask the Lord to help you as you go. The Spirit's going to enable you to capture the words and the intent of the verse. Amen. And trust me when I tell you, I'm praying all the time like that. Amen. Here's another passage pertaining to inspiration. Please go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21. This is also the Christian Standard Bible version. You may have picked up on something here. Uh, verse 20. Above all, you know this, no prophecy of Scripture 
comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now notice the role of the Holy Spirit, who is the one who relayed God's wisdom to the writers of Scripture. He was the communicator. He was the conduit of that information. And let's look at one more verse. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Christian Standard Bible Version. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Amen. You know, the key phrase of this verse, if I look at it from where I'm coming from, is the comparison of God's word to a double-edged sword. You know, kitchen knives typically have one edge that's sharp. Um, a double-edged sword is sharp on both ends, both sides. One of the sharpest blades you can imagine. The word has the power to change your life. Amen. It is a powerful, living, active word that distinguishes between those who trust in Jesus... And those who would rather, honestly, live in unrighteousness. The word discerns the heart of man. Just as Jesus reminds us in John chapter 2, verses 24 through 20 and 25. But he said that he knew all people and that he himself knew what was in man. He can discern. He knows all about our human nature. Jeremiah 17, 9 states the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? The question here is rhetorical, of course. Our flesh cannot comprehend our heart. Only Jesus can. Let's take a look at inerrancy. Inerrancy. How important is it, is it for us to believe and trust that God's word is without error? That is essentially what inerrancy means. The words of scripture are without error in the original manuscripts. God's word does not affirm anything contrary to fact. And every word is perfect, trustworthy, and true. There are a lot of things that we can look at here as being perfect, but that perfection does not stand up against even God's word. God's word is truly perfect. It truly is pure. And you're going to look at descriptions here in the following verses. They're going to point to God's truth, the purity of his word, and the perfection of his word. Go to Psalm chapter 12, verse 6. Psalm 12, verse 6. Psalm 12, 6. Now, all the verses that follow here are going to be Christian Standard Bible versions, so follow along in your version, please. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times. 
Notice the words about purity. Now flip over to Psalm 18.30. Psalm 18.30. God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is pure. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. Go to Psalm 19, verse 7. Psalm 19, verse 7. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. Trustworthy. Now go all the way over to Psalm 119. It's a few pages to turn. Psalm 119, verse 142. Psalm 119, verse 142. Verse 142, Psalm 119. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your instruction is true. And one verse that should be definitely a memory verse for you that should come to mind that follows all of these is in John 17, John chapter 17, verse 17. John 17, verse 17. Sanctify them by your, the truth. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. That's Jesus speaking, speaking to God during his prayer time in John chapter 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth. Jesus shares in John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that statement by Jesus requires a believer to stand on this truth and that everything spoken of Jesus in the Bible supports this truth. Psalm 119, verse 160 declares that the sum of your word is truth and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. His word of truth is eternal. It has always existed. That is a mind-boggling thing to recognize. It's always been around. And finally, let's look at illumination. Illumination. Through the aid of the Holy Spirit, believers are able to understand Scripture and are reminded of that which Jesus uttered, the words of Jesus. John fourteen twenty-six. Go to that, please. John chapter 14, verse 26. The verses here are referring directly to the Holy Spirit. Um, these are the words of Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit um, before his crucifixion and before the Spirit was going to emerge, um, essentially to replace him. But it says here in John fourteen twenty six, The Counselor, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. 
Now, other versions of this passage will use the word helper or advocate instead of counselor, but each of those references accurately depict the role of the Holy Spirit. He's a counselor. He's a helper. He's an advocate for you. You may have your own ways to describe the Holy Spirit. It might be a good time as you continue to learn more and more from Jesus and receive his sanctifying power to find your own words, to define the nature and character of his presence in your life. Draw your answers from how Jesus describes the Spirit and then go from there. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 reminds us that God is love. That's a good place to start. Spirit loves you. Jesus loves you. Look at John 16, John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. John 16, verses 13 through 15. This is again Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, when the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and I will declare it to you. And let's look at one more passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11 through 16. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 11 through 16. So this is a little bit more lengthy passage, so please follow along in your version. This again is from the Christian Standard Bible. Starting at verse 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. For who knows a person's thoughts except his spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Amen. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit, because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? That comes from Isaiah 40, verse 13. But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Now, I want to point out that as these verses get longer and longer, and as the sentences increase, you should be more concerned about capturing where you can locate the passage according to the subject matter. For example, when reviewing this category of illumination, you should try to memorize the references to these verses and learn their relevance to the category in order to convey its truth to others. In other words, always keep your Bible handy, and as stated in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. You need to be ready 
you need to get yourself ready to be able to take these truths and share them with others. And that's one of the main reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. And I just want to encourage you on this journey to take that time now, that extra time, to grow spiritually, grow faithfully, and spend the time in the Word and looking at these passages and and going over them more than a couple of times and really getting the essence of the meaning behind them. That part is the most important part of all of this and this whole for this entire process. Of course, there are similar verses that you can refer to pertaining to the Word of God and His inspiration, inerrancy, and illumination. But the verses we just covered will propel you towards increasing your knowledge of God and standing firm in his goodness. You'll be prepared to learn from Jesus as you share his gospel with others, which we are all called to do. I think I've just about gone to this verse every time I've spoken. But let's go to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. The essence of this verse is essentially our our church mission statement. So it really should be something that you should now really look at and memorize, uh, or any version just like it uh, in the Gospels, in the other books. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Take a look, please, at Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28. We're going to go to Luke 11, verses 27 and 28. Now, this is also uh, information being spoken of, uh, the words of Jesus in response to a comment that was made to him. Luke 11, verses 27 and 28, verse 27. Now, this is the English Standard Version. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, being Jesus, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you were nursed. Verse 28. But he said, Blessed rather are those who, listen carefully, hear the word of God and keep it. You see the priority that Jesus is giving. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's how important God's word truly is. And it's a word that's never going to disappear. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Amen. Amen. Stand forever. The study of the word of God will prayerfully take you to a place where you want to seek the word on your own. And that's the key to developing your relationship with Jesus. Growing a relationship requires effort. Growing a love relationship with Jesus requires passion. Always remember what Jesus did for you on the cross, and you will understand 
that his passion for you has always been there. Let's meet him where he is. If you're willing, please join me on this journey. The great thing about this is that Jesus is coming along with us. Amen. Father, you are so good in that you devote all of your time and energy caring about us. And Lord, we know that you love us. We are your children. We want to learn from you. We want your instruction. We want your teaching. We want the desire to learn more and more from you. We don't want to be complacent with our faith or indifferent about what happens in life. Lord, we want you to be a part of it. We want you to be involved in it. We want you to sit with us as we sit before you. We want to learn more about who you are. And we thank you for the opportunities that we have. All the different ways we can just sit in front of you. The different ways with Bibles, with iPads, with Android tablets, all the things that are available where your word is right there and available for us. And we are so thankful for you making sure that the good news gets out to as many people as possible in order that they indeed might listen to the Spirit and make that decision to acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, that anyone who is within the sound of my voice, that person who does not know you, does not understand anything we've talked about as far as the Word of God, doesn't know anything about it, I pray, Lord, that you will touch that person now and give them the desire to at least be curious and want to learn more. Because your Lord, Lord, your word is so good. You make us stop and think about how it can sit with us. Your word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I pray that that will indeed take place for those who don't know you and don't understand you. I pray that they make that decision to acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. And I pray that as they, as they do that, they understand how much you love them. And while a new believer is certainly going to have a place prepared for them in heaven, there's so much more to learn from you as we go through this journey together. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you continue to do. We thank you for your blessings. And we even thank you, Lord, for your corrections at times. We know, we know that we need your correction. We need your help. We need your forgiveness. We need your grace. We thank you, Lord, for all of those things. And as we grow and learn together, teach us, Lord. Enrich us. Revive us. Strengthen us. Help us to move forward. Proclaiming your grace your glory, your goodness. You indeed are Lord in our lives. Thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for this message. We hope that indeed you heard the Holy Spirit speak to you about it. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. And uh, we just give praise and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ for all that he has done, all that he continues to do. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.